Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I think we all want something different out of relationships. And I learned something about myself when I was in a relationship several years ago now with a guy. And I said to him one of the worst things I've ever said to anyone, which is, I don't need you to make my life easier, but I need you to not make it harder. And in that moment, I realized that one of the things I actually want out of a partner is to make my life easier. I think life is really hard and complicated, and I don't need someone to like, serve me dinner every night, but I need someone who, when I'm stressed and overwhelmed, can pick up some of the slack and that I can do that for them. And I think that's not true for everyone. I think that we all need different things out of relationships. And that is what we are talking about today. What parameters does our guest today, Cheyenne, need around her relationships in order to feel as though she is in a meaningful relationship that is worth it for her? I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? Well, hi, Cheyenne. Happy birthday. Thank you. I almost said happy birthday to you. Oh my God. It's like when you're at the Starbucks in the airport and the lovely person says, have a nice flight. And you're like, you too. Or you're going into the movie and the person says, you know, enjoy your film. And you're like, you too. So obviously we're recording this before it comes out. But this release day, when people are hearing my voice and more importantly, your voice right now, it is your birthday. And birthdays are a time for reflection And so it is perfect that we are doing this on this very special day. What question are you bringing today? So the question I'm bringing is, should I quit my ban on long distance relationships? I've had a ban since 2017 on long distance relationships when at the ripe old age of 23, I decided I didn't want to do those anymore. I had just freshly gotten out of the longest relationship I've ever been in and it imploded not entirely, but at least partially because it was decently long distance. And I just decided I'm never going to do that again. 
And in the five-ish going on six-ish years since, it's kind of become a joke amongst my friends that the only people I am interested in do not live within a 50-mile radius of me, at least. And at first it was kind of funny, and then it became seven people I've been interested in who do not live near me. And I'm wondering if maybe I should lift the ban on long-distance relationships so that something might happen. Is there a person in particular who you are considering lifting this ban for? When I sent you my voice message, yes. Okay. Now, as we are recording this, he is no longer in the running. Okay. Can I ask follow-up questions about him? Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Why is he no longer in the running? Communication is a really big deal to me. It's one of my things that I've been personally working a lot on. And this guy, the the most recent guy, we were having communication issues when he lived here. He was going to move somewhere at the end of the year. And we were considering going long distance, but we were having massive communication issues. And I was like, oh, geez, if we're having massive communication issues when you live here, I can't imagine that that's going to get easier when you live thousands of miles away from me. And then he said some really rude stuff when I told him that. And so that like, (gasps) oh my God, breaking up with someone is such a good way to figure out whether or not you should date them. The message I got from him has some words in it I can't repeat out loud to polite company, but it was a, oh gosh, I'm really glad we are not going out. Wow. I'm really glad we're not going out. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened. So why the ban on long distance relationships? That is a great question. In the moment at 23, I was like really reeling. I loved this person a lot, like thought we were going to get married and spend the rest of our lives together and everything kind of imploded. Uh, And banning long distance relationships felt like a really, I'll admit now, a really easy excuse for why we can't be together. Like I'm just not going to do long distance anymore. The problem is just that I can't do long distance. And that was a really great out because I wasn't at the time able to communicate the other problems I was having in the relationship. But I've maintained it mostly because I would like to spend time with my partners. I would like to be in proximity to them. And also like, there's enough human beings in the world. There should just be someone nearby. I'm just going to take out the complication of long distance and focus on the people nearby. And in the five years of dating since then, have proven that that's not always true, but the ban has remained because the complications due to long distance are real. And also, could it be a barrier that is worth overcoming for the right person to like, I don't know, lots of questions in there. So is the question like, should I start opening up my hinge radius to infinite? Or is the question, if I happen to meet someone who I like, should I be open to X? I think it's more the latter than the former, but I have considered the former as well. It is more that I have now seven people I've been interested in long distance in that time. And for some of those people, I was like, I'm sorry, like we just can't do this. You live far away. It's just a rule I have. We can't do this. It's a strict rule. I'm going to follow my rule. So I'll tell you my theory on long distance. I'm fine with long distance as long as there's an end date. 
if there's a finite amount of time and then you are going to be able to have your lives integrated on a day-to-day basis, then I have no problem with long distance. But if it's going to be, you know, for the foreseeable future, then that gets problematic for me. And that is because the kind of relationship that I want is a relationship in which my life is integrated on a daily basis, right? I want someone who's making my life easier and whose life I'm making easier, right? And so to me, this question comes down to like, what is the purpose of a partner in your life? Why do you want a partner? That is also a really, really great question. I have flip-flopped back and forth about the partner question across my life. I, you know, in that six-year relationship when I was dating, I was very convinced that the most important thing I was ever going to do in my life was get married. And then I had a feminist awakening in college and was like, no, actually, like, I'm going to get to be a person and I'm going to get to be lots of different things. And like, that'll be really wonderful. And then in that feminist awakening, I was, I felt a lot of like nervousness about still wanting a partner as bad as I did, like looking around and being like, is everyone more enlightened than me? Because they don't seem to care about relationships as much as I do. And like, I'm a hardcore, hopeless romantic. And I'm like, oh gosh, like I, I really do care. And I felt bad about that. And then I'm working on shifting towards the other direction again of like, it being important to have a partner does not make me a bad feminist or unenlightened. And so, so that's actually like a question I've been trying to distill for myself is like, if partnership is really important for me, what exactly am I looking for when I talk about partnership? And, and a lot of it is like excellent communication. I want somebody to like be my sounding board, someone to be like a part of my life without being the whole world, someone who I'm there for, who can like lean on me, moving through the journey together kind of stuff. So is that stuff that you can do remotely? Because like I live a lot of my life remotely. I run a business remotely. I have a lot of very productive and meaningful and fulfilling relationships remotely. It's fun when I get to see certain friends in person, but if I don't see them for years and we just talk on the phone, right, like I still love them and it's fine. So like, can you imagine having a fulfilling relationship that's long distance? I mean, I I have platonic long distance relationships. My best friend lives in Chicago and I absolutely adore her and she is and remains one of the most important people in my life. And she lives in Chicago, which is very far away from me. When it comes to a romantic partner, it feels a little different though. And I'm trying to nail down exactly how or why that feels different to me or why I want it to feel different. And maybe part of that is like the security of my best friend. Like I have no worries that if we go four weeks without talking, that like I could call her up in a minute and she would be there if I needed her. And maybe feels bad to say that like maybe I haven't necessarily had romantic relationships that felt that solid, especially early on. That might be the difference is like, Katie and I didn't become best friends long distance. She and I went to high school together. Right. And that we had a long, solid getting to know each other. And now she lives in Chicago. So maybe that's the difference is it feels harder to establish a relationship with someone when they live far away. Yeah. You need that sense of security. And really, you need the sense of just like getting to know the other person. And it's definitely hard to get to know someone long distance. It feels like you can curate it more. Like... The, the person I am when I'm like talking on the phone to someone or even like as I'm getting to know somebody on Bumble or whatever, like it is still me. I'm not like catfishing people, not telling them things that are true, but it's definitely like an easier, more curated version of me. I don't necessarily sure. step forward with my 
most stressed out me on Bumble. And like, I worry about that also bleeding into other areas as you like start dating online. Yeah. I'm shorter than a lot of people would think. I'm taller than everyone thinks I am. Ooh. Six foot. That's so fun. So Cheyenne, let's imagine who was the person of these seven who were long distance, but you've liked, that you have liked the most. And you can give them a fake name. Let's call him Brandon. Brandon. You live in Seattle. Where does Brandon live? So Brandon lives in Seattle, but we met because I was in Seattle for the summer and only for the summer. And then I was going to go home to Montana to finish my degree. I was just out here for an internship and I was 23. I had broken up with my six-year relationship, not but weeks before and come out to Seattle. And I was kind of in a I'm going to have lots of fun. Like I'm going to be on dating apps for the first time ever. I'm going to actively enjoy myself. I'm going to, you know, do whatever I want. I'm only here for the summer, so it doesn't matter anyway. And then I met Brandon. He was standing in front of me at a food truck at a Princess Bride quote along, and he was wearing a cool Mm. shirt. And I told him that his shirt was cool. He ended up sitting with us. And I was like, this is fine. It's just going to be fun all summer. And then I immediately crashed my plane into Feelingsville, just like, immediately into Feelingsville. We spent the summer together. It was incredible. We had lots of similar values. Everything was really great. And then I'm going home at the end of the summer and I don't do long distance relationships. And I told him this and he's like, that's okay. I want to do whatever you want to do. And I was like, I'm coming back. I'm going to move back in the summer again and I'm going to live here. And so like, let's just be friends. We'll talk. And then we we did talk for most of the winter, but he kind of slowly disappeared, stopped responding to my messages, and eventually was gone altogether. I did come back in the winter to get a job here, and we met up and hung out. I was still really into him. He was not into me anymore. He's like, I've got stuff going on. I can't take care of myself, let alone another person. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And that was the end. And do you think you guys would have been together still if you had tried to stay in a long distance relationship? I don't know. I think that like the stuff that he was dealing with, he would have been dealing with regardless of like the label on top of what we were doing. Probably no. Probably no. So I agree. (laughs) If the reason he lost interest is because something big was going on in his life, it probably just would have hurt more if you'd been together. I wasn't there. I don't know if you know this, but this is my impression based on the 200 words that you have said about it. And so I'm now an expert. (laughs) So the other thing that you've said is like, I live in Seattle. Seattle is one of the greatest cities in the world. I'm so lucky to live here. There are plenty of fish in the sea. Why would I even bother crushing on people far away? Do you believe that? Or are you someone who like believes in soulmates and is like, maybe my person is in one of those islands off of the Canadian coast and I have to figure out how to swim there. Optimistic Cheyenne. Cheyenne at the top of the dating circle absolutely believes that like there isn't a soulmate. There are people in which I am compatible with. And if they're willing on working on this thing with me, then we can work on it. 
Cheyenne at the bottom of the dating cycle in like the low part. I call it spinsterhood when I'm living here in spinsterhood where I'm going to give up on everything and just open a bookstore and be alone forever. That, that Cheyenne. I love it there. That's where I am right now, actually. We're, we're in spinsterhood land where we're just going to adopt 10 dogs. It will be so good. When I'm down here in, in the dating cycle, it feels a lot like the Venn diagrams of things I am looking for makes the fish in the sea, like maybe two of them. And they live, you know, in, in Bosnia. Like when you, when yeah. you take into account, like I would like someone who this, and they have to be, you know, of similar attraction and like, you know, they have to have still be alive in this century. They have to be an adult. They have to like, mm-hmm. when you take all of those factors. I'm so glad they have to be alive. <laughs> yup. They, yeah. They have to live nearby. That's one of the rules is they have to live nearby. They like, I have to meet them. They have to not be married. Like, you know, all of these other rules, it feels like the fish in the sea becomes like two goldfish in the pond. And so I wonder, part of this question for me is opening up to being interested in long distance relationships makes that pond slightly larger, hypothetically. And maybe there's more fish if I make the pond bigger. Okay. If you met someone And they lived in an island off of Toronto. Could you theoretically move there? I don't know what you do for work. I teach kindergarten. Oh, it's hard to move all those kindergartners. Just take them all with me. That is the solution. I, I love them too much. Take them with me. If the right person checks a lot of my other boxes, lots of green flags, passes the lack of red flag list, lived in Toronto, that would be really challenging for me. I really like where I live. I like Seattle. I like what I do. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, I like Seattle. I like, like, I have lots of friends here. It would be really, really challenging for me. And this is an area where I'm like, I am unwilling to compromise on this, but I am expecting someone else to, which is part of why possibly opening up long distance being a thing might be a solution is I feel very selfish to say like, I like where I live and you better be on board with living where I want to live. Because I don't want to move to Ohio, or I don't want to move to Florida, or I don't want to move to small island off the, you know, off of Toronto. Um, this rule obviously serves you. Even the one person who you were super into, who you didn't want to do long distance with, and you did, you think y'all would have broken up anyway. This person who you most recently thought about it with turned out to be a jerk anyway. You love Seattle. You have a great job that is highly local. You like your friends. You like your life. Like, why are you even considering lifting this rule? The only thing I could maybe encourage you to do is like, it depends on the person. And if you meet one great person who makes you want to break the rule, obviously break the rule. Don't be a fascist about this. But like, I don't know. Don't change your settings on the apps. Go for what you want. I, I, I do really love that. The the part of me that doesn't like change is like super into the idea of like, I have it right the whole time. And I have been known to walk myself up. With- <laughs> I always want to be told that I've had it right the whole time too. Well, and also I, I tend to work myself up the cliff about like, oh my gosh, this rule is preventing you from finding true love. If we removed this one problem, then the flood of people waiting to like be in partnership with you would magically appear. And this is the one problem we've been waiting to solve. And that is a little bit of magical thinking right there. Uh, and that instead, being happy with my life is a great way to like A, be happy and B, if I find a person I like, 
being happy with myself and the way that my life runs is a great way to like invite someone in. Like my life is really great. Would you like to participate? It's really great over here. Yeah. I also just think like sometimes things do shake out in an interesting way. Peter and I broke up for a little while because he thought he was going to move back to Germany. And I was like, I don't want to move back to Germany. I've only known you six months, right? Like, and then he stayed. (laughs) And now if he had to go to Germany, I would feel differently about it because it's been six and a half years, right? So I think leaving open the possibility just that life happens and things change is healthy. But yeah, this role is serving you real well. Keep it. I was very much being expected to told to quit. I'm very, very excited (laughs) of being told not to quit. I was very much like thinking about how I was going to plan around having quit this rule. Now I'm like, okay, what am I going to have to change? Like, how would you meet this person? How would you establish the good communication with them? How would you get vulnerable with them? How would you integrate them into your life? You know, like this person, we don't even know them yet. Why do we want to like make sacrifices for them? Meet the people who are local. If it turns out that like you go home to Montana And the person running the local bookstore is just like more beautiful than you remember. And they need your help saving the bookstore because a kindergarten teacher is going to run story time and that's going to make all the difference, right? Like we can talk then, but until then, you're doing great. I think the rigidness of the rule is what's being quit. It's it's not that the rule has to stand forever. Like, you know, you run the local bookstore, we're madly in love, but man, it's just too bad that I have this written on the books. Sorry, gotta get out of here. That instead, right. like, the general rule is like, I do not open up my my radius to include all of the world. And instead I look here local and I'm open to the idea of something happening elsewhere, but we're not actively courting long distance. Cheyenne, I also think I would feel differently if you were like, I live in this teeny town in rural Washington and all there is is an elementary school in my town. But you live in this like pretty big dynamic metropolis. You are obviously wonderful. There's someone for you in Seattle. This is not a pond with two goldfish in it. This is, you know, the Ballard Locks with salmon running upstream. There are just so many fish in this sea. And the sea is beautiful. It's the Puget Sound. And then you're wonderful. Thank you. I I sometimes feel as though the sea is empty, but I think it has more to do with the seeing than it does the sea itself. Yeah. Well, Cheyenne, let us know how the dating goes. Tell me when you find your beautiful salmon. And I hope that some beautiful grizzly bear doesn't eat it. And if it does, there's probably another salmon. Thank you, Vanessa. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. 99% of our show is funded through our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. If you're a regular listener, we'd love your support. Another way that you can support the show is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Q Pod. 
We have to shout out our BFF tier patrons, Molly Real, Laura Lorber, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Stephanie Federwish, Biddy, and Ari. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman. Our music is by Nick Bull, and we are distributed by Acast. Special thanks today for Cheyenne. If you loved spending time with her, which of course you did, she has her own podcast called The Rainbow Book Club, which you should check out. Thanks as always to our wonderful team, Julia Argin, Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Yaramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Willison, Courtney Brown, Casper Kyle, and Stephanie Paulsell. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everybody. I'm dropping into your feed to let you know that starting June 23rd, you are invited to a class called Discovering Your Own Patron Saints, a guided workshop with Natalie Folkerts. In this six-session class, you will explore beloved characters from literature who have jumped off the page and made their way into the moral fabric of your life. The first week of this class, you're going to explore what we mean by patron saints, and then each subsequent week will be devoted to a different value, wonder, imagination, grief, and courage. If you are seeking spiritual guidance outside of the constraints of formal religion, if you are someone who finishes a novel and feels like you have said goodbye to new friends, then this class is for you. Register before the first class on June 23rd by going to notsorryworks.com. That's N-O-T-S-O-R-R-Y-W-O-R-K-S dot com.